Welcome to Health from the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lily Hartwell, a licensed naturopathic doctor and registered herbalist on a mission to catalyze your autoimmune healing journey. I'll show you the tools and how you can grow. Here we go. Today's episode is broken into two parts, part one and part two. Today's podcast features Stephanie Cordova. She's a Canadian-based brand with her company being called Where It Belongs. Where It Belongs has now been open for over a decade. She started the company because she had a strong desire to be an entrepreneur and was naturally great at organizing. She became a mom almost 10 years ago, and that changed a lot of things. She's more patient, compassionate, and understanding of parents with children. She's also learned lots of tips and ideas to help keep children's clutter to a minimum. Her business has ebbed and flowed with change. Sometimes she specialized in bookkeeping. But in the past two years, she's pivoted again to helping more people globally and virtually balance life with a home that is easy to live in. The old adage, give a man a fish and he will eat for a day, teach a man to fish and he will eat for a lifetime, is the mission behind her organizing and decluttering dreams. Having a cluttered home doesn't have to occupy your mind and cause you extra stress. Your home could be the antidote to your stress, not the cause of it. Her goal is to have you spending your time on earth doing what you love with peace of mind. She helps moms primarily who just want their home to work better for their family. She focuses on zoning, categorizing all your belongings so that everything has a home, and that makes sense. We focus on maximizing space and creating systems that require you to only reach for one thing to get what you want. She calls that the one-touch method. Let's dive into today's interview. But in terms of extreme minimalism, I I don't think it's practical these days. In Western culture, we all think we have to have all this stuff. I don't think that's realistic either. I think that leads to stress, sleepless nights, financial disarray, consumer debt. Um, Spouses fight over money more than ever before, which leads to divorce. Like, I just think that there needs to be a balance. What if all we needed in our house is what we had in our house? right? Why do we have to go shopping because we're bored? Why do we have so many clothes with tags on them? And you're talking about using things up. I'm the same way. Like so many people just will go out and buy clothes in the fast fashion. And it it hurts my heart that the world is being killed essentially over this need to shop, this need to have, this need to consume, which doesn't do what we are expecting it to do with making us happy. So, um, I am similar to you. I really like to use things up first and I don't like to replace things unless they're broken. And so when we do workshops and stuff, I'll tell people, um, you know, when we do like our 31 day decluttering, I'll say, don't shop for this 31 days, unless something breaks, replace it, buy your groceries, pay your utilities, but no shopping. You don't need to shop, right? If you're going on a vacation and you don't have a swimsuit that fits, then yeah, get a swimsuit. That makes sense. If you have a friend that's having a birthday party, well then yes, obviously get them a gift, but don't go shopping for the sake of shopping. And people are always surprised how much money they save and that they use the stuff within their house and then they're relieved. So there's so much, there's so much to talk about when it comes to this kind of stuff. Like we could just talk for hours, honestly. (laughs) 
Honestly, I, I completely would. And we might have to have multiple parts to this. So I, something that you said that just came up. So I've, I've long held this belief. I don't know. So kind of our coach, he, he talks about the great depression and, and um, his dad growing up in the depression. And, and it's so funny listening to him talk about that because my grandfather who played a huge role in raising me did grow up in the great depression where they would um, consume cans of food that were damaged because they didn't have money to buy food that wasn't damaged. And so I, when I first learned about Botox and botulinum toxin and exposure to that with the cans, I was, cause he would do the same thing for so much of my life. I would like drink expired milk and I would get sick and we would, it would be associated with their lack of belief in expiration dates. And, mm-hmm. and it was all like scarcity mindset. And I didn't really recognize that for so long that that's kind of what I was coming out of. Um, but I also do see the value in it because I, I have a problem with food waste. It's something I get kind of vigilant about it. And I think it's because I have, like I said, I've lived in all of these developing nations and I've seen what these folks do with such meager food rations. And then I'll see people throw away so much food because it went bad. It really perturbs me. So something that I do and that I really recommend to my patients is that maintenance of their refrigerator and their pantry, being able to see everything. If it's so many um, rows deep and you can't see it, then you don't know what you have. And people will rebuy the same things. Um, especially when it comes to, uh, like the whole, the raw whole foods and it's like, they bought more apples, but they had apples and those other apples are now mealy and rotten. And how much money did they waste? It's literally, um, I've read so many studies where they're actually costing themselves money and that money could be allocated toward other health care things or things that bring them joy in their life. So I really like that you brought up the pantry, especially, um, being a source of that. And then I also would like to have, um, a tiny house in the future. Um, Right now I'm living very minimally in a more of a community setting, which I really like to do um, for where I am in my life right now. But I eventually will have a plot of land and a greenhouse because I like to grow herbs and all of and do hydroponics and aquaponic systems. And I think that that is a great urban gardening measure. And then I used to sell that to restaurants. So eventually I will go back into that. Um, But I was investigating tiny houses and earth homes Um, because I do plan on building that on the land. And some of the things that they said in the documentaries really bothered me. Like this man, he is moving in with his wife. She was a student and he, um, a medical student, and he had already graduated and was in his career. And he had varied interests, including playing the guitar, watching the stars um, with telescopes. He liked a lot of the astronomy. And he also played hockey. And they had him get rid of his hockey gear And it broke my heart because it's like you're asking someone to give up something that brings them joy to fit into a Mm -hmm. tinier space. And I understood from like creating the infrastructure, I understood, but then I was like, you know, maybe that that could be stored in an undercarriage or is there nothing else that we could have done? Because that's what takes up the large majority of my apartment is my kayaking gear, my backpacking gear, my hiking gear, um, my skiing gear. I, I, I'm not open to giving up any of that, not to mention my camping gear. And then I'm watching this and I'm sitting there thinking like, gosh, how is he okay with that? You know, when his, when his wife is moved on and out of her student life 
she's probably going to want to get into playing like hockey as well. Like it's like, a, although they weren't really accounting for real life. Um, so yeah, so that's like in one of those extremes of the minimalism that really didn't, didn't sit with me. Yeah, I agree with that. Like I think, and, and this is what I like about the minimalist. He's like, if you love something, because how, how many people really are doing what they love in their life? Typically people are doing things that are supposed to make the money or get them by, or people are just existing. They're not really living. So why give up something? So I realized early on, I have two children, seven and nine. I realized I, I don't like crafting. So why do I have a bin of glitter and glue and paper and all the stuff with crafting? I don't love it. So I got rid of it. My kids can craft at school. Um, now, if you're a mom that loves to craft, by all means, go to the store, get the stuff, have a crafting station, but make sure it's organized. Make sure you know how much glue you have and where all the paper is and all the glitter and don't go keep going to the store every time you want to do a craft, organize it. And you also were talking about the pantry. I have this system I've come up with. It's called one touch. If you have to touch more than one or two, like two maximum things to get what you're looking for, you're not going to maintain the system. So like in your pantry, like you said, those multiple shelves, if you have to move 17 things to get what you want, well, no wonder it's expiring because nobody wants to do that. So that's why I love to use like the bins. One bin is one thing you pull it out. It's like a drawer. Amazing, amazing um, for maintenance. And, and then there's more joy because you walk in, you're like, this is so easy. It's so, you know, so lots of I've got lots of ideas. I'm full of it. I'm full of it. <laughs> That's fabulous. Okay. Let's dive into that a little bit. Um, what things can we tackle to declutter ourselves? Because a lot of times when I suggest to folks who are climbing over, crawling over things or who, you know, there, there can be a great financial outcome too in, in yes. reselling items, especially those items that still have tags that yes. the, those people aren't, aren't in love with anymore. I, there's a great resale value on that. Um, so that's closet. But where would you, where do you like to recommend people start? So on the months that have 31 days, I do a declutter group. And so I have people um, come into the group and the very first day, what, take a guess. What do you think we do on the very first day? Oh my gosh. I should remember this. Um, is it side table? Yes. Bed, bed, bedside, bedside table? table. Yes. The bedside table. Because to me, having that peaceful Zen place where you actually recharge every night is so important. So if your bedroom is cluttered, your bedside table, that is the last thing you see at night. And it's the first thing you see in the morning. Now, if you've done any research on meditation and subconscious reprogramming, when do they tell you to do that? Last thing of the night and first thing in the morning, that's when you are the closest to the, I want to say the Delta States. Delta states, right? Um, when your mind is in, or the theta states, it's the theta states. It's when your mind is in a theta state, that is as close to sleep. And that is when your brain is most impressionable. So if you are going to bed and the last thing you see is a stressful nightside table and all the clutter on there, sometimes there's even supplements on there and there's glasses of water and books and all of that stuff. That's what you're seeing right before you go to bed. And the first thing you wake up, that's what you see. It's like, so for example, people will have four or five books stacked up on their nightside table. That's a to-do list. And you look at those books and you're like, I got to read these. I got to read these. Like you, and not subconsciously, not consciously, subconsciously, it's something to do. So I'm saying, if you're reading one book, keep that one book by your bedside table, put the other ones away. And when you're done with that one, then come back because otherwise it's a to-do list. And you're constantly reminded right before you go to sleep and right when you wake up of this massive to-do list. So 
in your bedroom, zen it out. Get rid of all the clutter in your bedroom, all the surfaces, get the clothes off the floor. I have hooks over my bathroom door. It's not pretty, but my clothes aren't in a pile on the floor. They're on a hook on the bathroom door. I, you know, it's my bedroom. I don't care. I don't have strangers in there, but the point is, is that when you can eliminate the clutter from the spot in your house, that's supposed to be your retreat, the spot that's supposed to recharge your body and your mind at night, that's where I start. So I would say, and really a lot of people's rooms are a dump all room because it is their room. Nobody sees it. They, they allow their room to be this dumping space. I, I think we're doing ourselves a disservice. That's the first place. Second place would be bathroom and then kitchen because the bathroom is where we get ready for the day, Mm -hmm. right? It's where we feel good about ourselves. It's where we wash our hair and, you know, put, make ourselves feel good about the day. That is another important space because what happens in your mind is what comes out in your outer appearance. And then of course your kitchen, because that's where we spend a lot and pantry. That's where we spend a lot of time. If you don't enjoy or your kitchen's cluttered, you're not going to make those healthier meals. You're not going to feel happy. You're going to have that stress attached to it. And then of course, nobody wants to do something that has a negative emotion attached to it. So I would say bedroom first, bathroom, second, kitchen last. And, and then we just work through the process from there. Fabulous. Yes, definitely. Um, we will at the end of, of this podcast, we'll be linking stuff for Stephanie. So you guys really get into the 31 day challenge. It's amazing. It's life-changing. And I actually do it on my own. And then I started following, I connected with Stephanie. I was like, oh my gosh, I already do this. This is, I've, it's taken me a decade to figure this out. So might as well streamline the process by working with Stephanie. Um, something else that I wanted to say that I often recommend to folks um, is to have the, on the bedside table, their vision board. Um, and I have, I personally have my vision board there and on my door to leave and on my bathroom, um, uh, mirror. And then I also have sage uh, or, you know, I always recommend it's, it's sustainably harvested sage. I harvest my own, I grow and harvest my own sage. So if you can find an alternative or a candle of some kind, that's more natural because the smell can really change things. And that, that can be a great way to associate peace and serenity at the very mm-hmm. beginning of your day and the very end of your day. Um, I wanted to ask you specifically about, um, oh, the clocks. Okay, so closet. So I've heard varying things about the closet and I have tried so many different systems for the closet. I've tried organizing them, um, by hangers and in a dresser drawer. I've, I've organized them by color. I've organized them by sleeve length. I've organized them now, right now, what I have is casuals organized by sleeve length, no more color. The color was so time consuming for me. Um, and then the other section is my scrubs and the other section is, um, my, it says our internet. Okay. Yeah. Other, sorry. <laughs> the other uh, section it, are my clinic clothes. So I have wondered, because that's really for me, um, I'm super minimal when it comes to clothing, but I know that a lot of women, especially because um, I work primarily in that demographic, a lot of women really accessorize with their clothes and their shoes. And since I don't do that, I was just wondering, what is your take on all of that? So I, I'm not a big fashion person, but I really do believe that if you love fashion and clothing is the way you express yourself, yeah, you should have clothes, but you should wear your clothes. So there's actually a statistic out there that says we only wear 20% of what is in our closet. 
I would suspect that is very true. And in some cases of extreme crammed closets where you can't even hang something because there's no room to slide hangers, it's probably less than that. So I've helped people with their closet, you cannot fit a hand between the hangers. And because of that, that lady is not going to go to her closet often because it's not easy. And so she's going to wear the same clothes over and over. She's probably going to toss things on the floor. And then the next thing you know, it's going to be so overwhelming. She's just not going to do anything. And she's probably going to go shop and buy some more stuff because that's just easier. And not only is this costly, it's mentally exhausting. And people, you know how many moms suffer from laundry issues? So a couple of things I personally do, and I really like to teach people this. I don't wash my clothes every time I wear them. I wore this yesterday. And you know what? I'm okay with that. It's not dirty. I didn't spill anything. I did have to change my pants because I got a cut on my hand and I got a little bit of blood on my pants. So I rinsed them out and put them <laughs> in the laundry. That, because it got dirty. So now had those pants not gotten dirty, I probably would have put those on again today. Now, you know, as a woman, there's times of the month, maybe I'll wear my, change my clothes every, every day. If I'm sweating, like when I was getting the pool set up, Whew, I sometimes change my clothes twice a day because it was hard, sweaty work. I was waiting till it was 30 degrees Celsius to do it. Like, uh, you know, so I honestly believe not only is it more um, environmentally sustainable, because I really do try and um, teach that or preach that or live that myself, our clothes also don't need it. It's harder on our clothes uh, to wash them constantly. I also hang things to dry whenever I can. Um, but also if you are not wearing your clothes, there's, you've heard of the law of attraction, right? So the law of attraction is a universal law, just like gravity and electricity. They're all laws. And a lot of people are like, I don't believe in law of attraction. Doesn't mean it's not real. That's only one of 11 universal laws or nine. It's nine or 11 universal laws. One is the law of use. There is a universal law called the law of use. So if you think of everything as energy and you're not using a bunch of clothes, that is stagnant energy. And so Feng Shui teaches of constantly having things move about your house so that the energy can move, right? And so if you have a whole bunch of clothes in your closet that you don't lose, you're defying universal laws. And what happens when you defy a universal law? There is stagnation. There is unhappiness. There is, there's just a, some restriction. You just feel it. Something's not working. And it could be that your closet is so full and you're not using so many things. And so then there's no joy. So if you love fashion and your closet is full, you're not going to have joy. And so now this thing that brings you joy is not bringing you joy. How can you do that? Pare it down, get it to the state where it can bring you joy. How do you organize it? This is very personal. So you said you've tried a lot of different things. Definitely one thing that I think Marie Kondo has brought globally is how she folds clothes, the file folding. Mm -hmm. I've been doing that since, but I wish I had come out before Marie Kondo. I've been file folding clothes for such a long time. I just didn't know that's what it was called. Um, but I think that is key to see everything. And also you can't force too many things in a drawer and things can't be falling out of the drawer, which gives it that illusion of decluttered. So definitely if you are using a dresser to file fold, if you're not using a dresser and you need to fold, um, then you can use bins within your closet. I helped a lady not long ago and it's on my Instagram, her closet. She, she's like, I don't like to hang. I think she didn't like to hang because she was in a habit of not hanging and she had such an overwhelming mess that she didn't know where to start. So I spent three hours with her and we literally hung all the things that we could in sections. So we did all her dress shirts together. I don't do color. I think sometimes it's not always, um, sustainable. Like, I don't mm -hmm. think everything is going to look like, um, a Pinterest 
photo. I really, <laughs> it has to be, but if somebody wants that, I'll do it. It has to be what will work. I think that's more important than the look. Definitely more practical than looks wise. And then we put bins of t-shirts. And so we did do the light t-shirts and the dark t-shirts. We did, um, the dress shirts were hung because some things you can't fold like a silky top. You can't fold that. Um, the sweatpants, we put in another bin, the sweat tops, we put in another bin. Like, so we categorize. So if she's looking for a t-shirt, she's not going to have to look through 16 bins. She just looks in her two, her light and her dark. Um, so I definitely think it's more about how you organize in terms of category than it is about colors or sleeve length. Now in my own closet, I have, sorry, I don't know if you can hear that. I have, um, all of my capris on a hanger and then all my long pants and I keep my jeans separate from my pants. Okay. And I just drape those over a hanger and I'm happy with that. I have work clothes that I would maybe mow the lawn in or something folded in my dresser drawer with my work shirts. And then I have my sleeveless tops and my long sleeves and my more sweatshirts hung. And I literally have half the clothes my husband does. And I, <laughs> and I probably still don't wear them all, but again, I don't express myself through fashion. Um, so I will say that, but it doesn't matter if you do, you don't like in Europe, women in Europe wear the same thing every day. If they, you know, not every day, but like they wear the same clothes in the Western culture, you can't go to a wedding and wear the same dress you wore to the last wedding. It's just a faux pas. And I think that's absolutely ridiculous. I do, but I, I think it's, ri I think it's ridiculous. <laughs> like when, um, Kate Middleton wore the same dress at two different events, she got like raked over the coals. She looked beautiful in that dress. Why do we need an absolutely new dress for every occasion? We don't, it's a societal thing, but I think that's where that takes courage to be like, no, I love this dress. I look freaking good in it. I'm going to wear it whenever I want. Cause in Europe they do that. So why have we set up the standard of having a new dress for every occasion? I, I don't think that that's necessary at all. Um, and I really, there's also another closet thing. Have you heard of the 33, three rule? No. What is Where you that? have th 33 items of clothing. So you buy your clothes with a strategy of your accessories. I think it includes everything except for, uh, shoes are excluded. So all of your scarves, jewelry, tops, skirts, whatever, it's all meant to complement one another. So you can oh. wear this jacket with this blouse and this skirt, and then you can alternate and make different outfits, but you only have 33 items of clothes. So that's a more minimalist approach, but you can have a minimalist approach and still express yourself through fashion. Definitely. Definitely. So, the accessories too. Exactly. Um, okay. So I had a quick question about Oh, uh, so some of my patients don't want to do this process of decluttering and, and the reasoning behind it is they're worried about being exposed to cleaning supplies. Um, so I kind of wanted to see, I know that you are very sustainable and worried about exposure as well. So I wanted to see, do you have things that you, you don't necessarily have to say brands, but do you have methods of cleaning that you recommend that for these patients who may have these concerns? So I'm, I used to clean my house a lot. And I think it was some of this personal development coaching that made me realize that that life is too short to obsess. And actually just recently I posed a question on Facebook and um, about people who would like to declutter. And some people said they have fights with their spouse because all they do is clean and all they do is declutter. That is not balance. And I don't want that for people. Like uh, what I would like is to help people once and then it's just maintenance. But it's also the mindset of you don't have to obsess about something. That is not balance. That's not what I want for people. If you were to see behind my divider, I have, well, I, I think I've cleaned my kitchen, but I have things. Like I have a pile of books right here and I have my papers of stuff for Instagram. And 
it's, I know where it all is, but I live right. And it doesn't bother me because I know in 15 minutes, I, everything could go in where it needs to go because everything has home. Now, in terms of cleaning, I've relaxed my cleaning. I grew up in a institutionally clean house. My mom, that's all we did. On spring break, we washed walls, we cleaned windows. And I'm not talking about wiping the windows. I'm talking about taking them out of the tracks. Twice a year, we did that. My mom constantly, constantly, constantly cleaned our house. And we helped her. Like, that's how I grew up. If I wasn't reading books, I was cleaning. We had no TV. I don't want that for my kids. But I also don't want my kids to grow up in a chemical house either. And, and I'm okay. We have a puppy. I'm okay if I just spot clean a spot off the floor every once in a while. So I, I have a spin mop that I love. And uh, here in Canada, in Costco, Canada, we have a product called Pink Solution. It's made in Canada as well in Vancouver. It's a, like a coconut base, um, veggie talum, baking soda. It's a bunch of things, but it's all natural. It's super powerful. And I use that on my floor because it's also friendly for hardwood floors. Mm. I also use it in my laundry because it's really good for laundry. But I am of the, I am of the mindset of clean when you need to. Yeah. I also don't like a lot of sprays. I don't even really do essential oils in the air, especially now that I have a puppy that can be really dangerous. So I literally clean when I need to, because not only am I not subjecting myself to more chemical, but it's also not a balance to clean constantly. Mm -hmm. And so if you're decluttering, one thing I will say, when I declutter with people, I will clean as we go, because I really do believe in cleaning off the old energy and starting over. And often I use what clients have. So I would say, if you're going to declutter your pantry, take things out, wipe the counter down and put it all back in because there's something, not just having it decluttered, but having it cleaned. Um, I would say, use the products that, speak to your lifestyle the best, but also have that balanced approach. If you're constantly stressed about a clean house, then it's time to reevaluate. Is that really what life is about? When you are on your deathbed, are you going to wish you to clean your house more? Probably not. You're going <laughs> to wish you to maybe spent more time with your kids and saw a spot on the floor and said, you know what, who cares? It's just a bit of dirt. So it's all about how we think of things. I love that perspective. I very much spot clean nowadays. Um, I, I don't know what it is. I'm just sitting in, except for the clinic, actually, that's not true. Actually the clinic I'm super fastidious about my mom came to visit a couple months ago and she was like, wow, this is so clean. And I was like, yes, I'm, especially during this pandemic, I'm not taking any corners around the cleaning, but in my house, in my home, I'm, I'm basically the only person in there with the occasional visitor and my friend Holly, um, my neighbor. <laughs> and other than that, there's not really many people that come into the home. And that's kind of my choice. Um, I'll meet people out because of what everything that's going on right now, like at a restaurant mm -hmm. or something. Um, yeah. But I've been very, very careful about getting too fastidious about the cleaning um, because there are so many other things that bring me so much more joy. Yeah. So how frequently do you think a mass declutter should occur? It sounded like you you were coming from the mindset of we do it one time and the rest is maintenance. Do you find that yeah. that's your clients can prescribe to that? No, because that requires commitment and habit. And so if they <laughs> haven't already done that, then that requires um, a habit change. So that's what I'd like to have. For, so for myself, I don't do a massive perch. Um, for example, I just recently rebuilt my pantry. So I had wire shelves and I just put everything into wood and then I have bins in there. So that doesn't really require 
a massive purge anymore because it's set up for maintenance. And that's what I'd like for everybody is you do it once really well, and then it just requires maintenance. So the next time you go grocery shopping, like this goes there, that goes there, this, oh, I don't really eat this, put this to the food bank. Um, and that's the thing is if you're doing it on a, like a regular basis for five minutes, because that's all it takes when you're maintaining, you come back from the grocery store, you put things in the pantry, you look at something, you're like, Ooh, I haven't, you know, I bought this butter chicken sauce. I don't really like it. Then it's not expired. Then you can donate it to the food bank. Um, same with your closet. Once you do a mass and you purge out all the stuff you're not wearing, what I tell people is it put something on. If you take it off right away, because it's not your favorite or you don't like the way it looks, keep a basket in there and chuck it in. Mm. Chuck it in for donation because if you have to put something on and take it off more than once or twice in a course of a couple of months, you're never going to wear it. You're going to keep doing it. So there's something about that item. So it's all about maintenance after you do that. Um, I rarely do a massive purge because everything is easy to maintain. Everything is a one touch. Everything is one touch system. The biggest place is my kids because my kids are seven and nine and they're growing. So of mm -hmm. course there's always that she's grown out of this, but even still, if I catch a t-shirt out of the laundry and I look it up, I'm like, this looks really small. Gabby, come here, try this on. And it's small. It's, it's kind of something that I'm always thinking about. And I don't know if it's because my brain's always thinking about it, but, or because my house is set up for it or a combination of both. So right now I'm, actually just kind of currently in a launch of a 12 week program group program. So if over 12 weeks, we did one area every week, can you imagine what maintenance would be like if you were to get rid of everything out of the kitchen you didn't use or put it in a more sustainable place, mm -hmm. right? Everything in your bathroom, if you knew what was in there, then you can maintain. So as soon as you run out of like, we use a leave for pain, as soon as you run out of a leave or down to the last four bottles or four pills, then, then you go get the next one. Mm -hmm. And I think our Western culture of the life of Costco is you can go buy a whole bunch and then you forget you have a whole bunch. And then the next time you go, I have a really good tip for that. So when I go to the grocery store, not every time I take a picture of my pantry, I take a picture of my fridge. And then I remember when I see something on sale, if I need it, because I'll look at the picture on my phone and be like, oh, no, wait, in the peanut butter spot in the pantry, I see I have a jar, a jar in there. So I know I don't need one or it just triggers your memory. Or if you picture the fridge and you're like, oh, yeah, the milk does look a little low, then you remember to pick up milk. So things like that. And that's lists. a great. Wow. And I didn't we have the capability of technology. That's amazing. Yes. Yeah. Use we it. should do that. <laughs> I have like my paper list. I'm always in the story. Like, okay, stick to the list, Lily. We got to get out of here. Cause I, I'll go in there and I'll like, Oh, maybe I'll make these muffins that I wanted been wanting to make for two months. And then I have to real reality check. Wait a second. What's yeah. on the schedule. Do I have time? to do that. Cause I'll do that. I'll buy like these ingredients. Actually, I don't, I don't do that too much anymore. I've gotten a lot better because I stick to my list, but yeah. I used to like go and I'll say, Hey, I, I fancy making this or I fancy making that. And then I, I wouldn't do it. And a friend of mine would come over who loves to do to bake. And she would keep me honest about all of that. Yeah. Uh, that's why I say meal planning, right? If you meal plan, then you buy only what you need. And then you're not off having to figure out how do I use up the sweet potato or how do I use up this or how do I use up that you're not having to come up with how to you you know and then I always buy whatever I need for those few things and I'm a huge proponent of meal planning I love that too because then people can make happier healthier choices um, and there's less of the shame and guilt eating that I frequently see when people are making those more poor decisions like I'll have a patient who likes to binge ice cream actually I think I have a few of them 
they like to binge ice cream instead of dinner because they haven't allocated a dinner. And so instead of going through the process of making dinner, they're exhausted with their day. Um, they give whatever leftovers they have to the kids. And then what do they eat? They eat a little bit of ice, like a pint. What are those little half pints of ice yeah. cream? And I was like, oh my gosh. And then we wonder why your lipids are out of, out of whack and your adrenals are fatigued. Yeah. Or you go out to eat and then you have all this extra fat and salt and all this other stuff. Right. And so, yeah. Well, we've covered some amazing stuff today, Stephanie. Um, I definitely want to link up um, how to get in contact with you. So I, I know that you gave me that information, but if you want to go ahead and share where folks can connect with you, get on the 31 day challenge and get on the wait list for your next 12 week course. Um, and then you have an amazing quote that I really resonated with that I wanted to share with the audience um, that you put on your media. So definitely follow Stephanie, at the very least follow Stephanie on Instagram. And as you get to know her, um, she has some amazing insight about this and the way that she talks about cluttering is in alignment with a lot of, you know, your guys, what you all say is my woo-woo stuff. Um, so when I say that there is a vibrational frequency to your belongings and to yourself, um, Stephanie will talk about that in turn in the cluttering in terms of that. So for those of you who really identify with that, I think she's your lady. But the quote that I was mentioning is, if you want to fly, give up everything that weighs you down. And she had as a Buddhist quote. So mm -hmm. it's quite beautiful. There's a lot to unpack with that. So go ahead and sit with that, guys, and we'll hear where we can see more of Stephanie. So yes, I am on the biggest place would be Instagram or Facebook. So Instagram, my handle is where it belongs, W-H-E-R-E-I-T-B-E-L-O-N-G-S. And on Facebook, same, where it belongs. So everything I post on Instagram automatically gets posted to Facebook. That's why I say Instagram first. Um, so yes, every month that has 31 days, except for in the summer, we do a 31-day group decluttering. So there's a task every single day, there's group coaching every single weekend. And that really helps kind of deal with I have guilt, or I have shame, or whatever the case might come up throughout the week of decluttering. And so far, we've had a lot of really good feedback and people who have come to say they really love their house, or they didn't realize they were holding on to things they shouldn't. Amazing time. And right now I'm offering uh, 12 weeks, so one room per week. So super manageable. So I call the 31 day like a fast fry method mm -hmm. and I call the 12 week like a slow roast. So it's a little deeper, a little more um, manageable where if you needed to take a day and just kind of really recoup what you're working on that week, it's not like you have to finish it up really fast because we have the next task the next, next day. You have seven days to really go through a room and really evaluate what you need and with the support of myself and a group, um, lots of ideas to keep it. Or if somebody wants to declutter a room a, day, a week, then they can join me. And there's lots of the woo-woo stuff that goes on in the coaching as well, because it's not just about your clutter. It's about what, do, what are you thinking about your clutter? And um, how does that affect your health and your mood and your immune system and your food digestion and your relationships and your social interactions? They're all interlinked. <laughs> They're all so intertwined. And another thing I wanted to mention about Stephanie before she leaves us is she, as she mentioned, she has two younger children and they are seven and nine at this time of this recording, but they were 
not always seven to nine. So those of you with infants, I know you contact a couple of you contacted me with infants. You're not sure how to manage all the things you're getting from the baby shower. She has solutions for all of them and they're pretty ingenious. You know that I don't have the blessing of children yet, but watching them along and sharing them with my fellow colleagues who do have young children and who have applied them, it has been beneficial. So even if you're not just talking about your sphere for you and your spouse, also for your children, and this can apply to your dog children as well. I know quite a few of you have way too many dog toys. I've taken <laughs> care of your dogs. There's too many of them and they're all over the place. Um, so she can help with so many different things, guys. I'm so grateful that we had you with us today, Stephanie, all the way from Canada. Thank, Thank you, you so Lily. much. I'm really glad I got to be here. And um, yeah, I'm super energized, energized now. I'm going to go out my day and just kill it. Woo! That's my favorite thing to hear. <laughs> I hope everybody else does too. I hope people are motivated to get some decluttering done right now because that's how you, right? They say, just do it. Just that's the do it. Part. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank mm -hmm. you, Lily, for having me. It was nice to chat with you and see your beautiful smile. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I look forward to maybe, maybe doing this again. We'll get more woo woo next time. Hi there. Thanks for tuning in. Let us know what you think of the show by writing a review in iTunes. If you screenshot before submitting, before it gets lost in the abyss for review, and send to us at drlilyhartwell at gmail.com, we'll send you a free guided breathwork. May you go on with your day in joy.